Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Good evening. We're out in the world listening to this radio broadcast. DVB Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord radio show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on there this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or my special guests on this broadcast, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. You can give me a call, Steve B's Media Production, studio, uh, Steve B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks. Get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on What a Word from the Lord radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you would be with my speakers on the show this evening, my special guest speaker, Courtney Carruthers, and my co-host, Lou Gibbert, as they break unto our listeners the bread of life. And also my special guest in the community corner, Henry Hank Wall, as he serves our community with his various talents and gifts to uplift our neighbors. We pray that you would bless them and their families that support their efforts. Father, we pray that you would bless our listeners who are tuning into this broadcast via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well and that they may consider their eternal stance before you and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who died such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. For without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask that you forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak. And we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you'll continue to bless us and keep us in love with all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful unto death, Father, we pray that you would save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, in the first segment, my special guest speaker is Courtney Carruthers. He serves as the evangelist for the Colonial Village Church of Christ there in Chicago, Illinois. And he'll be making this proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the community corner, my special guest is Henry Hank Wall from High Point, North Carolina. He's the author of a new book. They used to call me brother. This is his autobiography. And we certainly appreciate him coming as a guest on the community corner this evening. And then to close out the show, my last speaker will be my co-host, 
Lou Gilbert, he serves as the evangelist for the Overbrook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And he'll be making this proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next one you hear be that of my co my special guest speaker, Courtney Carruthers. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my special guest speaker, Courtney Carruthers from the Colonial Village Church of Christ in Chicago, Illinois. Good good evening, should I say. Um, Very thankful and grateful for the privilege to say a few words from, say something inspirational from the word of God that will give us strength and to our strength, to our spirit, and help give us stamina as we strive to make heaven our home. We're living in times that are difficult, but although who know Jesus, 
understand that Jesus is able to help us to carry our burdens in life. I want to thank our, our Brother Bunt Stevie for the opportunity again to just say something. And so if you have your Bibles, we want to go right into a thought for tonight. And this thought is coming um, from, I had a, had another thought, but I have to change it due to some technical difficulties. But we're going to come this more evening out of, uh, out of Psalms 100, 1 through 5. Psalms 100, 1 through 5. Um, You'll have to bear with me a while while we try to go through this because has had a medical health eyes got dilated, which I totally forgot that was my appointment today. But nevertheless we'll get through it somehow. Um, Psalm one hundred one through five. And I believe this is important, uh, what we're about to read because we are now in the season of Thanksgiving and many of us are looking forward to the opportunity to be once again with our families, friends, and um, just to share the joy of Thanksgiving. But God's people have a lot to be thankful for, and we want to show what God expects of us to understand that it's him who has kept us. It was him, it is him who allows us to breathe and have our very being. So in Proverbs, I mean, Psalms 100, 1-5, the Bible says these words. The Bible says, read as follows. Psalm 100, 1-5. The psalmist says, Okay. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his. Enter into the gates with thanksgiving and to his courts and into his courts. I'm sorry, trying to work with these eyes. Into his. (laughs) Enter, know ye not that he is the God and that he is the Lord that has made us. And that we are, and not we ourselves, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. One, two, ask that you consider for a subject this morning, evening. The inspiration for our thanksgiving. The inspiration for our thanksgiving. And once again, I did mention that as people of God, we have a lot 
to be thankful for. Um, this psalm particular psalm is about celebrating. It's about celebration. It's about recommendation or recognition. It is about rejuvenation. I say this because some scholars have mentioned that this particular song is part of the feast celebration, one of the feast celebrations. And to get to one of some of the feast celebrations, many of them have to travel uh, a great distance, and they face a lot of danger on the road. <clears throat> and some dangers could be sickness, wild animals, or thieves. It seems like whenever we try to set our hearts on <clears throat> keeping God in our mind, praising him in our predicaments of life, as we travel, we are oftentimes, our minds are oftentimes thwarted on towards that which is difficult, uh, but not to the one who delivers us through our difficulties, and that is God. As they approached the gate of Jerusalem, because of their safe travel, which is through God himself, God inspires the people, all the lands who have come for the celebration, to enter into the gates of praise and thanksgiving. Those who've been delivered by God, those who've been kept by God are encouraged. And so one thought I want us to look at, and this one thought is, out of Psalms 102, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Psalms 102 says, Know ye not that the Lord is God and has made us, now we ourselves, we are his people and the sheep of his, I mean, I'm sorry, verse 2. So the Lord with gladness come before his presence with singing. God has always expressed to his people how he desires to be served by those who by those who know that he is the one that has delivered them. Oftentimes, when we are, have our hearts set on our birthdays or anniversaries, we expect people to honor our wishes, our desires. When we come before God, he expects us to come with our heart focused on him and not on ourselves. Focus on how he desired to be worshipped and praised. In the New Testament, we are given scriptural instructions how to worship God in spirit and in truth. To worship God in spirit and in truth means, first of all, to have our spirit aligned with the purpose of God. And in truth, it will also mean that if we're serving him, we must serve him according to his will. Well, preacher, how, and those of you who are listening, 
how do we come to know what his will is? Only way to know what his will is is through his word. We are told that there are five acts of worship brings honor and celebration to God. I want us to look at the idea that worship means to honor God. Praise is celebration. We worship God every day of our lives. But when we come before him in the church, we are told that the disciples, the children of God, the Christians, worship God according to the way that they're instructed by the Holy Spirit through the apostles. One act of worship we do know of is Acts 20 and 7. That the saints of God, when they came together, their purpose was to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is simply the death, burial, and the resurrection. We understand, according to Matthew 23, uh, where Jesus um, well, in, Ma- in Matthew's gospel, where Jesus had them to meet him in the temple right before he went to Gethsemane and met his, uh, was crucified in Golgotha, he met with them and he showed them the emblem of what his body looked like, that is, the bread and the wine. The bread and the wine, the bread represents his body, and the fruit of the wine represents his blood. He says, eat and drink ye all of it. Do this in remembrance of me. We are told how often they meant to participate in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ through the emblem of the bread and the vine or the wine as we use today in worship. We're told that they came together, Acts 27, upon the first day of the week, the disciples came together to break bread. That's one example of us of our worship. They came together one day of the week. Our first day of the week, according to the Gregorian calendar, is Sunday. Many churches will argue that they could, that they take the Lord's Supper on the first Sunday of the month. That we do not have an example of the early Christians being able to independently celebrate God in spirit and in truth from his death, burial, and resurrection by their own choice. They did it by the teachings of the apostles on the day that Jesus rose from the grave. So if we're going to give thanks to God, we must follow how they have given thanks, according to Acts 27. Also, one of the familiar passages we use is in 1 Corinthians. And there in 1 Corinthians we find the instructions that how the church was to participate in the Lord's Supper in a decent and orderly fashion, according to 1 Corinthians. And I want us to look at a few scriptures out of 1 Corinthians to examine this. The Bible lets us know that in 1 Corinthians, um, he tells them that this way of participating in the Lord's Supper is out of order. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and the verse, if I can see it here, I'm going to start with an earlier verse before we get to the main one. Um, Let's see. 
<clears throat> Give me a second here. I'm just trying to get the verse for you. I have it, but I want to get the particular verse. Well, I'm going to read it, and hopefully you can find the verse. He says, first, well, first of all, when you come together in the church, First Corinthians 11, I hear that there be division among you, and I partially believe it. For there must be also heresies among you that, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, verse 20, when you come together, um, therefore into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper, for in eating everyone takes eat it before others his own supper, and some is hungry, and another is drunken. What, have you not houses to eat and to drink in, or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not, for I have received of the of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said unto them, said that this is my body, which is broken for you, thus do ye in remembrance of me. After the same matter also, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, this cup is the New Testament, in my blood, thus do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Uh, so here he is instructing them on their behavior in taking the Lord's Supper, but they were doing it on the first day of the week. My concern is, is that when we come together, our main purpose in one place, which is the church, the church of Christ, in one place, which is the church, we are, we are instructed how to take the Lord's Supper, and we have our inspiration for doing it. Our inspiration is that we declare that that we declare the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which simply means we give witness through our evangelistic moment on Sunday that Jesus rose from the grave. Now, in the idea of the word declaring, evangelistic moment, declare slash dash evangelistic moment, that that's what it basically is doing. We are evangelizing uh, the the death bearer to the, to the believers, non-believers, that Jesus did rise from the grave. And every first day on his day, we come together to break bread. Anyone who argues against the scripture is doing it from their own worldly view and not the scriptural, the word view of God the divine order of God. Now, one other thing I want us to look at, when we come before his presence with joy, he says, come before my presence with singing. We are always commanded or have examples that the church sung or sang Sunday morning without the accompaniment of instrumental music. And I know many of you who have been on this broadcast time after time, year after year perhaps, have heard this. But the scripture never changed. It always stayed the same. We know one scripture, of course, is Ephesians 5.19. 
Ephesians 5.19, Paul says to the church at Ephesus that instead of being induced with the spirit of alcoholism or alcohol in celebration of the wine, back of God, the wine God, which is Bacchus, one must be in, 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 one must be totally filled with the spirit to be under the spirit. And we get this from singing and making melody in our heart unto God. Let me read this for us, Ephesians 5, 19. The Bible says these words, Ephesians 5. Well, I mean, have me, oh, well, let me just quote it. He says, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and make melody in your heart. Nowhere in the Bible does he tell us to sing and make melody with a drum, a harp, or in the New Testament, but in the new and that is in the New Testament. But he says if you're going to make melody, the melody must come from the heart. The script, the notes of the melody, comes from songs, which we sing unto the Lord. So the idea was not only not just primarily to argue against instrumental music, but it was to say if you're going to be fully in, in, invested in the spirit. You can have that investment in the spirit through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Colossians 3.16 says, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another how? In psalms, the praise book, psalms, hymns, the notes of the psalms, spirituals, psalms, hymns. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in, all, richly in songs, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. Uh, so we are encouraged that we're going to come before the Lord into his house. We must come in the way that he, 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 he instructs us to come. Now, not only must we come in the way that he instructs us to come, but we must, in order to a God to hear our praise, to receive our praise, uh-huh, we must be members of his family. No, God does not have different families with different names. All the name of God's family, everyone whose name a child of God, bear the name Christ, which we get the word Christian from. Now, the lesson I was going to teach is that they were called Christians first in Antioch, according to Acts chapter 11. In Antioch, the, people, the citizens in Antioch in Acts chapter 11 were using, at first, the Christians were called disciples or the way of God. But they took on the name Christian. The people of Antioch used the name Christian to make fun or to persecute or to do or to make little of the name because they did not believe that Jesus actually rose from the grave. The disciples of God, hearing how the citizens of Antioch were taking that name and trying to make fun, the Christians adopted the name and adapted to the name by using it as inspiration to keep following Jesus. Those who are baptized 
by the from the gospel are disciples of God. The word disciple, where we get the word disciple from, comes from the English Greek. The word, the original word, mathetes, where we get the English word mathematics. They learn as a disciple how to figure out what can be complex, but become become easy to understand through growth in through the Spirit of God through His Word. As a disciple of God, we follow Him. It's rigorous. It gets rough. But the Lord will always encourage us to be inviting unto him when he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor, uh-huh, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and then you shall find rest unto your soul. In other words, that text in Matthew's gospel, Come unto me, was that the people were burdened down, given up, fainting by the way, because they're trying to find answers for their spiritual or for their for salvation. They were tired of the laws. They were tired of the Pharisees turning the laws around. They were tired of, uh, of losing hope, not being able to meet to the needs or to the will of God. And so God sent Jesus down to this earth to be an example for mankind, according to Hebrews chapter 4, 15, to be an example. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. As an example, Matthew 4 tells us after his baptism from John, out of Matthew 3, he was led up of the devil to be tempted of the devil. He was led up of the spirit to be tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights. The purpose of him being tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights, led of the spirit, is to show man that when you stay concentrated on the word, filled with the word, faithful to the word, fruitful from the word, fellowshipping in the word, you will always come out right from the word. No one will ever fail if they stay with the word of God. My point of emphasis this morning is that we want to get this evening is that in giving thanks to God, we must strive to know what he asks of us. And he asks, He said in Psalm 100, verse 2, come before my presence with singing. We have noted in the New Testament that the Lord's Supper is every first day of the week, not every first Sunday of the month or fourth Sunday of the month. The same scripture. The same instruction that these denominational preachers say uh, uh, that the Lord's Supper could be taken every first Sunday of the month and fourth Sunday of the month, my question to them would be, how come they do not instruct the members only to give first Sunday and fourth Sunday of the month? The same Bible that tells them to take the Lord's Supper, I mean, take up the Lord's offering, the first Sunday, the first day of the week, the same Bible tells us to take the Lord's Supper upon the first day of the week, which is Sunday, which is Sunday. Not He did not say every fourth Sunday or every first Sunday, first day of the week. Then the same Bible that tells us to sing and make melody in our hearts also tells us in the Bible that to be saved, one must believe and be baptized, Mark 16, 16. To be saved, one must repent and confess with their mouth. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. To be saved, one must confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, some scholars will say that Matthew chapter 10, uh, where it says, confess me before men, him when I confess before my father, who says, shall deny me before men, him I deny me before my father. They will say that that passage was written to the second generation Christians during hardship and persecution. And if anyone denied Christ during hardship and persecution, God would deny them. 
the word confession means to admit, to to stand firm in your 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 your, your belief by by confessing with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. Even in today's time, we are still encouraged as Christians to confess the name of Jesus Christ. Not only must we hear the word of God, believe the word of God, Romans 10, 17, uh, Romans 10, 17, uh, so that faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith, the word faith simply means uh, we have assurance. We rely on God. The faith is the recommendation of God. Faith in God is having assurance in what he recommends is right. The faith, some shall depart from the faith. The faith is what God requires. Our faith in what God requires is that we rely that this is true. So the Bible tells us that we're going to give thanks to God the way God asks us to do it. We must believe and have a faith that responds to what God requires. Now, the question here, therefore, to you, those of you who are not members or who have not been saved, many of you will say, I have been saved. I go to this church. I go to that church. Let me have you pause as we get ready to close and have you recognize that if you are in a church that does not follow the pattern of New Testament worship of Thanksgiving to God the way he requires it, you have no chance of being saved for eternity. Eternity. If the pastor or your reverend or whoever can tell you to give on the every first day of the week, but he dismisses the first day of the week of the Lord's Supper, you know what he's telling you? He's telling you that Jesus' resurrection does not matter. Acts 27, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We have scriptures above those passages as well that the saints, came together holistically for the purpose of celebrating that Jesus rose from the dead. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, he says, uh, um, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, the gospel which I preach unto you, if you shall save you, if you keep in, keep in mind that which I preach unto you, that first of all, Jesus rose from the died, he rose, and was that he died, buried, and rose again according to, to the scripture. My hope and my prayer is that you're going to celebrate and give thanks to God. Honor him the way he wants to be honored. Not according to tradition, not according to your family, not according to what the pastor or the reverend said, if they do not come from the Bible. God has allowed us to be alive through it all so that we can hear his word truthfully tonight and put him on in the water of baptism. God bless you and may he bless you real well. Thank you. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. It ain't easy. No. Sometimes it gets hard down here, Lord. Sometimes it gets rough. So rough, so rough. Sometimes it gets tough for me. Has anybody been lonely all by yourself? Has anybody been sad, broken hearted and sad? 
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. The Community Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, the Community Corner is designed to just simply tell our listeners just what products and services are being offered in our communities and how you can contact these various vendors for their services. Ladies and gentlemen, you'd be surprised to know just products and services that people have to offer that are sitting right there among us in our congregations. This segment, this is one of my favorite segments because it's, we get a chance just to hear what some of the things that people are doing around us to serve in our communities. We've had people on this show who are involved in financial services, legal services. We've had authors, college consultants. Uh, We've had professional boxers uh, who are doing community service. We've had NFL players uh, on this show. We've had casting producers for television shows, farmers, comedians, you name it. We've had them on this broadcast. So this is one, uh, we just want to make the sense of where just what services are available to them. Now, on this evening's broadcast, my special guest in the community corner is one of my homeboys here. We grew up together at the Alga Avenue Church of Christ. He's an author. He's the founder of the Botso. His name is Henry Hank Walls from High Point, North Carolina. Henry, how you doing on the broadcast this evening? Welcome to the community corner. All right. I'm doing great, Steve. How you doing? Can you hear me all right? I hear you just fine, man. I'm certainly honored to have you on the broadcast this evening. Oh, God is great, and I'm I'm honored again to uh, be back with you, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I want you to tell us now, why don't you tell us what it is that you're doing to serve in our community, and then you can tell us about this new book you've written. Well, uh, the, the you mentioned the BOTSO program. Uh, that is an acronym for our mentoring program. Uh, God has blessed us in a couple of years, 2023. Uh, we will actually have this program in place for 30 years. Uh, the acronym stands for Brothers Organized to Serve Others. And hmm. we serve uh, primarily African-American males in Greensboro and High Point, North Carolina, uh, which I guess you would say Guilford County. And we've been doing this for, uh, as I stated, almost 30 years. Wow. Uh, our program is designed basically around character development, discipline, uh some tutorial programs, and uh, black history. Hmm. Um, Our mentors that we use or that help us are actually volunteers from both of the cities that really care about our young men. And it is an after-school program. We meet once a week, uh, pretty much year-round. And uh, God has blessed us to the point where we don't have to charge uh, our parents uh, for the program. It is a free program at this particular time. Mm-hmm. And we primarily serve probably about 98% of the population that we serve is uh, single parent uh, mm-hmm. mothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've been fortunate uh, to, as well, I, like I said, we've been blessed. <laughs> we've been blessed to be around doing this uh, for close to 30 years. Uh, as you stated, you know, you know me, I've, I've been doing it close to 50 years, uh, mm-hmm. working with both, uh, coming from a family of 10 boys and two girls, myself being the oldest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we threw in, uh, I have to throw in my two nephews, uh, Chester Mayfield Jr. And his brother, Pat. Right. So, uh, yeah, so we, uh, I tell people all the time, uh, when I was born, I think God laid hand on me to work with boys. So 
Uh, <laughs> I tried to run and hide like Jonah, but uh, he ended up bringing me back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know ever since I've known you, you've definitely been involved in the community. I've seen, I've seen that through my yes. own life. You know? That's my calling. Yeah. Now, what, uh, tell us what it is that inspired you now to write an autobiography. A uh, couple things. Um, sing, coming from a single parent, uh, myself, my mother uh, had me when she was 16. And uh, I was actually raised by her sister and, and her mm-hmm. brother-in-law. Um, and uh, just just thinking about that at the age I am now, three score and 10, and uh, going a little further. Um, I got to thinking though, uh, with, with, with Corona out there and, um, uh, my biological father, I didn't see him until I was nine years old. Didn't see him again until I was 18. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in that particular family, uh, I had a cousin that, uh, worked at Howard university that was in, uh, worked in communications at Howard university for a number of years, retired from there. Uh, Dr. Gwen, Gwendolyn Bethea. And uh, she and I would talk and she said, you know, one day you've got to write a book. You've got to write a book. You've got to write a book. So she, she, she stayed on me for years. And mm-hmm. so finally uh, being kind of closed in like we were, we were doing the uh, BOTSO program through Zoom. So, you know, everything's kind of closed in. So I decided last year, uh, last May, uh, to just go ahead and start writing the book and she encouraged me and she was my editor and, and uh, directed me along this process. But um, I think the main uh, incentive that I had was my seven-year-old grandson. Hmm. Um, I, I, I thought about uh, the boys I work with, but then, you know, when you got your own, you know, I'm saying, well, what is he going to know about Poppy after I'm gone? You know, right. what is he really going to So, right. uh, that was, I guess, really my true inspiration was my was my grandson. Right. Why don't you tell us a little bit now? Me and Hank, ladies and gentlemen, for you those of you who may not be aware of this, like I said, Henry is one of the, I say maybe the third person that I've had on this radio program that I've actually grew up with, grew up knowing. And <laughs> and you know Chester has been on this show as well. He, he hadn't been on this particular show, but he was on my uh, Friday night show. From he was okay. representing uh, ASAP. Him and uh, Kimberly is it Kimberly Dixon? I think her name was. Yeah, uh, she Dixon. was on the show. Yeah, Kim Dixon. She was on the show with him, and we got a chance to talk about uh, his mother and uh, Pat, and we just had a good time on that broadcast, you know. So, <laughs> so to have you, and I think you and uh, Lonnie. Lonnie is another one. Lonnie Smith Jr. He he comes on this program pretty regular, presenting messages from the Word of God as well. So I haven't had okay. that many people that I've actually grown up with to come and share in these broadcasts with me. So when I have somebody from High Point on the show, I'm just elated uh, that I'm able to do that. <laughs> you know, but yeah. yeah so 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 it's it's just been a blessing for me just to have known you and grew up with you, grew up around you. And just to see what you've been doing uh, throughout your lifetime of service in our community. Why don't you tell our listeners now, before I let you go, how they can order your autobiography? 
They and any information, any information also you want to give about the BOSO program, as far as uh, our listeners may be joining that program as well for their children. Okay, well, I'll start with the BOSO program first. Um, the BOSO program, we do have a website for that, and that is actually www.botso, B as in boy, B O T S O. Uh, .org. Uh We also have a Facebook page, all capital letters, B-O-T-S-O. Uh, and um, you can, when you go to the website, you can use the, you can see the um, email on there, which is botso1993 at gmail.com. Botso1993 at gmail.com. And um, as far as the book is concerned, uh, the book is under actually my LLC, which is Hank Wall and Associates, and that's spelled out. Hank Wall, H-A-N-K-W-A-L-L, and uh, A-N-D, not the symbol, Associates at gmail.com. And if a person wants to get the book, they can just email me. Uh, I do accept Cash App, and I accept Zelle at this particular time, Cash App and Zelle. And if they want to purchase the book, all they have to do is email me, and we will make arrangements uh, to get the book to them by mail. Uh, If they're local, uh, Greensboro or High Point, we can work something out where I can uh, we can get to one another in person. But once again, that's Hank Wall and Associates at gmail.com. And the name of the book is They Used to Call Me Brother, uh, which is uh, the nickname I got when I was a kid. Okay. Hey, Henry, thank you so much, man, for joining me here in the Community Corner. I really do appreciate it. Hey, I enjoyed it, and I enjoy listening to the show, my brother. Keep up the good work, and God be with you. All right. Thank you so much, my brother. God bless. Yes, sir. The Community Corner. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific need. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. These are the announcements for the events and activities in the Churches of Christ. If you'd like to have your events or activities announced on this radio broadcast, you can contact me at Stevie B's Media Production Studio, Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. I'll send you emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. On Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 9 p.m. Central Standard Time and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there'll be a nationwide gospel call that's sponsored by the Church of Christ in Highland Heights from Houston, Texas. And the telephone number to this call is 857-216-6700. 
and the access code is 32897. This is a nationwide outreach to those who are not members of the Churches of Christ, and the speakers will be presenting a basic salvation message for them to learn what they must do in order to be saved, as well as information regarding the Churches of Christ. It's also intended to edify and strengthen the faith of those who are Christians. On Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, the Delcrest Church of Christ from San Antonio, Texas, presents the Women's Virtual Bible Class. And this class will be held on www.zoom.com. And the class ID number is 821-3692-8262. And weekly from 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, the Ladies in Christ prayer line hosted by the Church of Christ of Lafayette, Louisiana. And the telephone number to this prayer line is 605-472-5203. And the access code is 514-859. My co-host Steve Cordo on the Gospel Light Radio Show that airs here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursday evening. He has a new book entitled God, Grace, and You. And you can order this book from the 21st Century Christian Catalog. Stevie B's Media Production presents, we're airing a new production, we have two new productions actually, that we're airing every third Tuesday and fourth Tuesday of the month. And my first new production will be the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry from Nashville, Tennessee. My co-host Shauna Otis, she heads up that team from Nashville, Tennessee. And they will air every third Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then I was uh, second new production is the Kelly Fletcher Show that will air on What a Word from the Lord Radio Show every fourth Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And just a program reminder, Stevie B's Media Production presents, we're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. You can give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. Or type in your search bar, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. On Tuesday, the second Tuesday of the month, I have a special guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Church of Christ who will be presenting a message from the Word of God. And we also have the Community Corner segment that's designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs. We have products and services for our community. I also have three co-hosts on this broadcast. Lou Gilbert, he's an evangelist for the Oak Brook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Shauna Otis from the Grayway Church of Christ there. She heads up the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry from Nashville, Tennessee. And the co-host Isa Mullins from the Helen Street Church of Christ here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Then on Thursday evening, each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll be hosting the live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And on this broadcast, I have eight co-hosts who will be presenting messages from the Word of God. And each week, I have two co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out that I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show. And then on Friday night at our new time from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B. Acapella Gospel Music Blast Radio Show. And on that broadcast, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices. And we also have the Story Glory segment that we do every first Friday of the month. 
And on this Friday night show, ladies and gentlemen, my special guest on that broadcast will be New Image from Nashville, Tennessee. And then on October the 19th, I'll be doing my, no, sorry, November the 19th, I'll be doing my Top 20 Countdown show for the month of November. And then on on November the 26th, my special guest on that broadcast will be Irvin C. Jackson from Wesley Chapel, Florida. He'll be debuting some new music on that broadcast. Wherever you're getting your favorite podcast from, if, you, uh, if you're not catching any of these live shows, you can just listen to these uh, on-demand episodes that we have here. We have over 600 episodes. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We've been on the air since 2016, and we have accumulated over 600 episodes on the various musical platforms on Spotify, uh, Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, YouTube, wherever you're getting your podcast from, you can pull up these on-demand episodes so that you don't miss anything that we're doing here under Stevie B Media Productions. I have a new pro, uh, sponsorship manager. Her name is Michelle Marco. She's from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And if you would like to sponsor any of these radio shows, you can give her a call at 954-687-4705. I'd like to give a shout out to all of my sponsors. I appreciate all of them who've been sponsoring these programs. Sharon Norwood from Chicago, Illinois, Bethesda Memorial, Corner Director Crematory Services out of DeSoto, Texas. Uh, Stanley Phillips from Little Rock, Arkansas. Cheryl Murrah from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yvonne Blazing Cracker Goop from Nashville, Tennessee. Melvin Jackson from High Point, North Carolina. Marquise Hallman from Charlotte, North Carolina. Stephanie Booker Wilson from Greensboro, North Carolina. Diversified Financial Network LLC from Dallas, Texas. Owned Mark in Charlotte, Carol. And Ordained Faith Publishing from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The three E's of Stevie B's Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. Stay tuned. My co-host, Lou Gibbert, will be up next with a word from the Lord. Stay tuned. What a word from the Lord. Radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. All right, you worshipers. It's time to forget about all the trouble the devil's brought in our life. Give it over to God. Yeah. I want you to know right now at this time. We got to give him praise. Let everybody worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Oh, come on, saints, it's worthy. Eradicate from your mind everything, everything, all the pain and suffering. Let your trouble make you worthy of the glory. Yes, he does. Take it to the Lord in prayer. 
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Now, my co-host Lou Gilbert from the Overbrook Park Church of Christ here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Well, a very good evening. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is still good. His mercy endures forever. The Bible still says that the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let me ask you, has God been good to you? Has God blessed your life? Has God brought you from perhaps a mighty, mighty long way? Certainly we ought to say so and say amen. Once again, it's good to be on this great program. What a word from the Lord. We're so to our illustrious host, uh, Brother Stevie uh, Butler, who's just doing an outstanding job uh, since the year 2016, as he mentioned. And uh, the number of shows is just um, amazing. We're just grateful uh, to have played a small part uh, in this in this series of of encouragement, and so we're just thankful uh, here to be once once again to be here. Uh, we bring you greetings from the uh, Church of Christ in the city of Philadelphia, known as the Overbrook Park Church of Christ. We meet at 7630 Woodbine Avenue in the city of Brotherly Love, the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We're grateful again uh, for what God is doing among us, what God is doing through us. Uh, in this uh, particular part of God's vineyard. I want to go quickly to the text this uh, evening, uh, Mark chapter number 6, verses 45 to 52. If you have your word, uh, good old Bible, uh, we certainly encourage you to be turning there at this time. Uh, Mark chapter number 6, verses 45 to 52. And the Bible reads as follows. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw, for they all saw him, and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered, for they considered not the miracles of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. From the subject this evening, facing your storms with courage. Facing your storms with courage. Might I say facing our storms with courage. 
One of life's most difficult things to do is to face our storms with courage. Storms come in an array of forms and often require a great deal of courage that sometimes we don't have. You know, the storms of life can be brutal. They can be harsh and fierce. Life's storms come at you, come at us with rapid pace and often in succession one after another. There are times when uh, the calm we seek in today's world escapes us. Times when the storms and boisterous winds seem to overshadow the calm we once had in Jesus. As Christians, we receive a measure of calm when we put Christ on in baptism, but as often is the case, the evil one enters the scene and brings us into a hurricane of chaos. The disciples on that boat that day, the storms will uh, arise, appear again suddenly. And they discourage us rapidly, and they seek to ruin us completely. And like the storms, uh, as this text will show, the storms themselves have no protocol. What do I mean? I mean, they don't care if you were in a storm last year. They could care less if you just lost a loved one. It matters not that you are strong and healthy or have an abundance of wealth, storms just come out of nowhere sometimes. These storms, they don't discriminate either. Like COVID-19, it doesn't matter if you're a preacher, elder, deacon, a senior church member with gray hair, or a youth with a full head of hair, the storms just don't care. Like our disciples on the water that night, the storms just arise. The storms didn't care that these were disciples of Jesus. The storm didn't care that their teacher could walk on water and raise the dead. The storm sent chaos and just did not care. These storms will blow you off course. They will beat on you and your family and fill your life with trauma. You know, again, like the storms, they come crashing on the rocks of the shore. They can Uh, beat upon you and pull you back and forth and toss you to the shore, hurt, abused, and broken. As we look at our extended forecast in the world, it looks grim. We have storms of racism and injustice, storms of poverty and homelessness, storms of broken home and shattered dreams. Our educational system is in a storm right now. Our government created storms, not only here, but around the world. This pandemic is perhaps the primary storm of the century with the number of fatalities at an alarming high. There is, again, the storm of mass incarceration and a jaded judicial system that profits off the bodies of our children. There are those personal, family, and private storms that arise out of the blue and leave you feeling black and blue and even lost. Even our churches are experiencing storms. Smiles are being turned into frowns. Joy is being washed out by hatred and sorrow. The one place on the planet where there should be peace, there's often war and discouragement. However, through it all, my friends, we know that God can calm any storm with the word. 
God can settle any storm in our lives. As a matter of fact, God is able to fix any problem in our lives with his word. God is able to relax the storm and bring peace to our contrary and opposing winds. When life's forecast calls for gloom and misfortune, God can clear up any day by the natural sunshine, not S-U-N, but S-O-N, shine, that beams down upon us. We might experience some pains by the storms, but God's grace is sufficient to carry us through. When our days are long and our nights are even longer, Jesus is there to bring comfort to our hearts, light to our darkness, calm to our storms, even smiles. And while we are here, he can bring a vaccine of love for our illness of hate. Yes, with Jesus, we can face our storms with courage. As God is showing us today on this bright and uh, wonderful time of day he is allowed us to see another day, Uh, we know that still weeping storms may endure for a night, for a time, for a season, but we know that joy does come in the morning. Storms, as we'll see, don't last always. So how do we have courage uh, to face life's storms and contrary winds? Well, first from the text, we must understand that Jesus is watching Jesus is watching. Look at the text in verse 48, the A part. The Bible says, and he saw them, uh huh, he saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary to them. He saw them toiling in rowing. Of course, as we enter the text, Jesus is now sending the disciples away at the first part of the text. He's sending the disciples away by boat. It had been a very busy day. He had made an attempt to get away and rest, but could not due to the crowd, thus the feeding of the 5,000. By John's account, he sent them away at this time because he wanted to keep them safe. That's amazing. He wanted to keep them safe because he perceived that the people would make him king by force. John chapter 6 and verse 15. He goes into a mountain to pray to get away, to get some much-needed alone time with his father. And now the hour is late, and he looks for his disciples. Now, Jesus, again, is alone on the land, and he saw them toiling. He saw them straining. He saw them tormented, fighting the contrary or opposing even or the evening time. It was late. It was dark, and he saw them. He was watching them. They didn't realize it. But Jesus was watching. Now, it was dark, get this now, but he was watching. It was dangerous, but he was watching. It was uh, depressing, but he was watching. As they faced a stiff tailwind, he was watching. The storm was furious. They were frightened. They were frustrated, but still, Jesus is watching. They were blown off course. They were at a standstill, couldn't go in the direction they were trying to go, but he was still watching. Oh, I'm talking to somebody tonight. Aren't you glad of that today? When you are at a standstill, Jesus is there. He knows you might be on a standstill on your job, a standstill in the home, a standstill with your mate a standstill in your relationship, a standstill with the bank, 
take a standstill with mama and them. Uh-huh. A standstill. Uh, some of the most horrific standstills happen right in our families. Uh, sometimes we can't get along, but you know, remember that Jesus is still watching. We ought to be glad that through our storms and contrary winds, like Jesus that night, Jesus is watching. Jesus, you know, when Jesus, when God seems like he's a million miles away, he is watching, friends. Remember, Jesus went into the mountain to pray, and now he's watching. Of course, he knows he's ready to assist them, but he prayed first. He prayed, he interceded for them, and now he's watching them. You know, while we're here, that's a characteristic of God to watch over us. The Bible says in First Peter chapter 3, verse number 12, for the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. Then the Bible says in Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 19, certainly the Lord watches the whole earth carefully and is ready to strengthen those who are devoted to him. And then here the proverb writer in Proverbs 15 and verse 13, verse number three, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on those who are evil and those who are good. Aren't you glad of that? That's the characteristic of God, the Father himself. God watches over his children. Now, I'm glad that on my worst day, in the worst storm, in the worst tribulation, God is watching me. Jesus is watching. When I'm toiling in my life and ministry and family, he's watching. When I'm struggling, he's watching. When I'm sick, he's watching. When my back's up against the wall, he's watching. When I'm stuck in the middle, he's watching. When there seems to be no hope, like Jesus was watching those disciples, he is watching me. Somebody ought to be glad right about now. When I'm about to go under for the third time, God is watching. Listen to me tonight. Uh, in the midst of your storm, I need you to know that he sees you. Remember what he said to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse number 7. They were in their storm, if you will, of sorts. And he said, I have seen, I have heard, and I will deliver. Uh, my friends, the winds may be against you, but Jesus is for you. The storm may be against you, but Jesus is for you. The enemy may be against you, but Jesus is for you. He still sits high and looks low. He watches. He's watching us now as a country, as a community, even as a church. He's watching us now. Even through this current crisis, he's watching us now and we can have the courage because he is watching we may not want to smile the winds might be blowing in our face but yet he is still watching then that's why uh we don't have to worry we don't have to worry uh for too long we shouldn't worry anyway uh you know but he is watching as as we look uh, around our world and look in our cities, uh, you know, it, it breaks my heart 
that our young people's lives seem to have no value to some, I know Jesus is watching. It hurts me to my heart uh, to walk by the homeless uh, every day that I see them on the street, and I do what I can, but I know that Jesus is watching. My heart is heavy when I see young men not given a chance to grow up without experiencing incarceration. I know that Jesus is watching. And yes, it baffles my mind when I think of uh, that in the space of a year and a half, we've lost over 600,000 people due to COVID-19. But my friends, I know that Jesus, God, is still watching. Are you frustrated today by the opposing winds of your life? Are you rowing and not getting anywhere, so it seems? Are you toiling to the point of exhaustion? Are you aching mentally? Are you emotionally drained? My friends, rest assured that Jesus is watching. Not only that, not only does Jesus watch us, he waits for us. He waits for us. The text, again, uh, verse 48 and the B part, and it says, And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them. About the fourth night of the, of the watch of the night, he cometh unto them. Now, now, Jesus waits for us. Don't miss that. He waits for us. He waits until the fourth watch. He, he waits while, uh, waits a while or makes us wait. You know, of course, the Roman night had four watches. This was probably about 3 a.m. and a time when they would have been exhausted. They would have been rowing, and he waits. They could have come. He could have come during the first watch, but he waited. He could have come during the second watch, but he waited. He could have come during the third watch, but he waited. He waited for them until the fourth watch. Now, he didn't delay his coming because of the storm. No, no, he didn't delay his coming because of the storm. Storms can't delay our Lord. Y'all don't hear me now. Sometimes God uses the storms to show us some things, but the storm cannot delay our Lord. The storm might keep us from going down to Walmart, but the storm will not uh, delay our Lord. Storms uh, can't keep our Lord away. He wasn't waiting for the storm to subside. He wasn't waiting for it to die down, but really he was waiting on them, waiting for them. You see, he has a lesson that has the greatest impact only if he waits. Y'all didn't get that. I said he has a lesson that has the greatest impact on our lives only if he waits. He's teaching. They don't know it yet, but he's teaching a very valuable lesson. You know, somebody, I think James says, the trying of your faith worketh patience. You know, I can smile and have courage even when I'm in a storm because I know that the weight is doing its work. Oops, I think y'all missed that. That's a clue from Lou. I said, I can smile and have courage when I'm in a storm because I know that the weight is doing its work. The weight is doing me good. I know that my waiting is come to a blessing because God is waiting on me and expecting me perhaps to grow up a bit. It's all for a reason. Let me help you with that. Jesus 
Jesus is waiting, I believe. He's waiting until they realize that they can't do it all by themselves. Now, now, stay with me now. I said he's waiting until they realize they can't do it all by themselves. It's interesting that sometimes God lets us come to the end of our human resources so he can get our attention. Now, again, remember, he had showed them many things before this. They still were hardened. Verse 52, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. It's interesting that we don't see them, watch this, we don't see them crying for help. Remember the last time, just a few chapters over in Mark chapter 4, Jesus was with them, and they cried out to him because he was with them physically, and they said, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? You know, they had his presence, and they cried out. Uh, He was there physically. That makes sense, doesn't it? He was there physically. They could see him physically, and they said, Lord, we are drowning here. We need some help. Don't you care? But now, my friends, now he's not with them. He sent them ahead, and they don't call for him. Hmm. Perhaps they had forgotten how powerful he is. Perhaps it didn't didn't cross their minds because, like many of us, they were walking by sight and not by faith. You know, it's a sad commentary that we, the people of God, have to see it to know it sometimes. You know, sometimes I I talk uh, to to the brothers or talk to the church, and, and, you know, we, we have many excuses from time to time. We say we don't have enough people, we don't have enough money, we don't have enough space, and we just don't see it sometimes. But we have to walk by faith and not by sight. It should not be the case because as people of God, again, we have to walk by faith. We have faith, and when you have faith, it can be dark as a thousand midnights, and we're still going to shout for help. We're still going to say, Lord, I think you can do this. God is still powerful, and why not just ask him? Yes, he was he, he was not with them, but somebody should have been saying, Lord, if you're out there, come on and help us. That's the teaching point right there. We may not see him. Uh-huh. We may not have any physical evidence that he's there, but it doesn't mean that we should not call upon him. And for us today, we may not feel that he's there, but we know that he's everywhere. He certainly will teach us and help us. The disciples teach us a lesson here that's worthy of our getting. They were in trouble, but they did not call out. They did not think to call him at this time. And when they did cry out, uh, they thought they saw a ghost. They cried out with fear. They didn't call out at first because he was not with them physically. I need you to see that. Uh, they have, uh, they may have made, it may have made sense to them, but really it makes no sense to us. We know that God is always there. They were toiling and rowing in their strength, not even thinking about calling Jesus or thinking, well, Jesus can come help us. And it's like that today. So many times we're like that today. As long as we have a little strength in our bodies, we hold off on really counting on God. We say things like, oh, I can make it. I can do this. I can get by all by myself. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the cry of the man going down for the third time and doesn't grab a life jacket. Oh, I think I can make it. And then he drowns. But we like the disciples, uh, we don't get 
anywhere until we call him. You know, they were stalled. They weren't going anywhere. They were stuck trying to fight a storm they could not win. You know, uh, the devil in our lives, he throws contrary storms uh, to us. Sometimes we, we find ourselves in storms. We can't find our way out. The wind is blowing us. We're going down for the third time. That's the time we have to think. We have to say, I need to call on Jesus. I can't fight this storm. I can't fight this this tailwind, this headwind by myself. You know, listen, you can't win this battle all by yourself. You know, I like a lot of folks, sometimes they talk that talk about how, oh, I fought with the devil and won. I, I fought that old devil and tried to keep him away. Listen, the devil is too powerful like that storm. He's too powerful for you. That's why we need God. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. The only way we can win against the devil is through the power of Jesus. Be strong in the Lord. You know, God is patiently waiting for us to call him while we're in our storms. The Bible says, you have not because you ask not. Behold, the Bible also says, I stand at the door and knock. Sometimes when we get into the midst of our trouble in a bad situation or even in a situation that's different, and instead of thinking to call Jesus in prayer or to study his word, we try to use our own intellect and power and might, and we usually fall short or get stuck or get stucker. What am I saying? Stop spinning your wheels going nowhere and ask God for help. He's waiting so you can realize you can't make it without him. You know, uh, there's a song we sing sometimes, without you, Lord, I can't make it. And so he's teaching them to trust him. He's chipping away at their hard hearts. Again, verse 52, oh, like the Bible said there, they, their hearts were hardened. As a song, again, we sing, oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to the Lord in prayer. He wants to, my friends, he Help us to increase our faith. Not only does Jesus wait for us, friends, he walks towards us. Hmm. He walks towards us. You see, he wants us to recognize him. He's showing us something. Again, verse 48, the latter part. The Bible says he came to them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, posed that had been a spirit, and cried out. Look at Jesus. He's walking. He's moving over that water. Really, again, he's demonstrating, he's really proving that he is God. Walking on the water is an attribute, uh, metaphorically, of God. Job chapter 9, verse 8, which alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the waves of the sea, talking about God. Uh, Psalm 77, verse 19, uh, this way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. You see, he came walking on the water. He wanted them to recognize uh-huh, who he was. He wanted them to do what? He wanted them, uh, get this now, he wanted them to connect the dots. He wanted them to think. You see, it appears as if the great feeding of the 5,000 wasn't as successful as he thought. Sure, people were fed, but 
the message seemed to get lost. They were still hard of heart. Help us, Lord Jesus. They had the five loaves and the seven fishes, uh-huh, but they still couldn't put it together. They were fearful, so they didn't see who it was. You see, fear, doubt, lack of faith is not of God. It's of the devil. When we are overwhelmed by fear, we'll miss him every time. That's why he said, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Be of good cheer. You don't have to worry. Take heart. You can smile and take courage on your face in the storm. He says, it is I. I am here. I am. In other words, God, I'm with you. Be not a, being afraid is what he's saying. Jesus wants us to stop worrying, to uh, take heart and not be afraid. You see, he says he is here. I can have courage in the face of my storms because I know that Jesus is walking and he wants us to recognize who he is, that he walks across the water. That's an attribute of God. He's saying, I'm God. I am here. I don't know about you. I'm glad that Jesus walks over fear. He walks over my pain. He walks over my stress. He walks over my finances when they're messed up. He walks over my confusion. He walks over my burdens. He walks over my brokenness. He walks over my difficulty. We just have to recognize who he is. When we recognize him, our storms are nothing more than showers. Uh, Y'all don't hear me now. When we recognize him, our storms are nothing more than showers. Always remember, getting in the storm may have been your fault. But getting out of the storm is a result of your faith. And so, friends, in my conclusion, do you need help with your storms? Do you need some courage? It all starts, of course, with salvation. I have courage to face my storms because I've given my life to Jesus. I've obeyed the gospel, and can you can obey the same gospel today. Now, y'all don't hear me now. I've told you of a few things Jesus can do in your life, but the real thing he wants to do is for you to have salvation. He wants to save you. That's the first step. He'll rescue you from your storms, but you have to come to him first. Make your calling and election sure today. You come again by hearing of the word of God, Acts 15, 7, believing that same gospel word of God, Acts 15, 7, again. You come by repenting of your sins, Acts 3 and 19. You come by confessing Christ, Acts 8, 37. And also you come by baptism, Acts chapter 2, And verse number 38, if you need the Lord, we encourage you to reach out to us here in Philadelphia, the Overbrook. We encourage you uh, to reach out. My number is 267-571-6003. I encourage you to reach out wherever you might be listening from. Find the Church of Christ. Find the preacher in the Church of Christ and say, I want to be baptized in water for the remission, for the removal, for the stripping away of my sins. I'm tired of the storms beating on my life. And but again, for the child of God, remember that Jesus is watching. He's waiting and he's walking. He wants you to recognize who he is. It's my prayer tonight that something has been said tonight that has encouraged you to walk a little closer to the Lord or to seek him tonight. May God bless you. May God bless you real good. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Thinking about what you've done for me in my life I just want to say what you really mean to me You're my everything, my joy and peace You're the reason why I sing 
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank both my speakers on the show tonight, Courtney Carruthers and my co host, Lou Gilbert. Also, my guest in the community corner, Henry Hank Walls. I appreciate everyone who have participated on the show this evening. What a blessing it is! What a blessing it has been. My cup is running over tonight. We've just had a great time on the broadcast tonight. This is my prayer that these lessons this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and may bless you real, real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. On behalf of my co-hosts, Issa Mullins, Shauna Otis, and Lou Gilbert, and Kelly Fletcher, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Will you forgive me? For I've done wrong. And will you accept me, Jesus? As I kneel at your throne. Dear Lord, and all of my brothers. Will all make criticize and accuse. Yes, he will. But I know that my Jesus He will make me brand new. Well, your blood is strong enough to clean me up or the door again. Wash me free from, from the stains of all of my sins. And Lord, Lord, please use me. Because I'm ready at Lord, my bidding. Lord, Lord, hear my sin, please use me. Because you're a God of a I see them cry, and they each have a stone, dear Lord, but you milk beside me, Jesus, and my fears are all gone, praise God, cause you give me peace, peace No more shame, no 
no more dying, no more killing, Lord. So I ask you, Lord, to you. Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I know, Lord, I know the Lord. He'll take care. He'll take care. Take care of me. Oh, yeah. Yes, he will. He will. I know the Lord. I know the Lord. He'll take care. Call on you and you step in right time. Oh yeah. I know the Lord. Lord. He'll take care. He'll take care. Take care of me. Oh yeah. Lord, I 
I'm trying Every day To walk in the right way My, my, my It gets hard Hard on this road It gets so rough Tell him how I took care of you. Sometimes I gain all by myself. Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.